Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. events in all 99 of Iowa's counties. And yet, former President Trump is still 27 points ahead of you in the state. So, Governor, I have to ask you, are you committed to staying in this race through the Iowa caucuses? Well, I'll tell you what, doing all 99 counties is a tradition here. It's something that Governor Reynolds advised that I do. And it's, it's a way to, one, show that you're earning people's support. Uh, two, it's a way to hear from real people uh, outside of kind of the media bubble about what's important to them. And then I think, three, it reminds you that at the end of the day, uh, you're a servant. You're not a ruler. And we really believe in servant leadership. So we went everywhere. We showed up. We took questions. It's very interesting. As I was watching this interview on Meet the Press with Governor DeSantis and Kristen Welker, um, it... <laughs> I know sometimes I I have a tendency I can overread a situation. I, I know that about me, you know. Um, and yet, when I was watching this interview, there's enough evidence to read exactly what I'm going to explain. I saw. I think. Okay, you decide whether you agree with me or not. But Kristen Welker's first question out the gate: Trump is still ahead. You just finished all 99 counties. The first candidate to do that. Uh, it's one of those things that um, like Chuck Rassley used to always do. Um, so you went to all these counties, and Trump is still way ahead. Are you really going to go to this uh, caucus? Are you going to stay in until that point? That is a weird question to ask. I mean, just that's weird. Because the premise of that question is, you know, even though you've done all this work, I mean, are you really serious? Are you going to actually get all the way to the first round of the voting? I mean, that's a, that's a bizarre place to start. Unless what you're trying to do is set the definition of the normal question parameters for this candidate at this time, right at the boundary of, should you maybe consider dropping out of this race? And that's what I think she's doing. I think the basic idea behind her asking, because it's not, if it were just this one question, that'd be one thing. But she asks this question in a form, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times in a row after he keeps giving answers. Because, you know, there's all different kinds of ways you can answer this question. You can answer, of course. Of course we're going to stay in. And, I mean, are you dumb? What do you think we're doing? Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. You've got to say that as a candidate, right? But he doesn't. He's a diplomat. He doesn't laugh at her. doesn't make fun of her, which probably is what I would have done. Um, that's an absurd question, Kristen. Do you not have any real questions for me? I mean, I'm running to be president of the United States. Do you not want to ask anything serious? <laughs> that's... That's the kind of way I would have answered it. Um, but anyway, so he says, look, we got a good organization. We're looking forward to winning on January 15th. Her follow-up, second second pass. So just to be clear, you are committed to staying in the race through the caucuses. <laughs> oh, of course I am. I mean, it's absurd that I wouldn't be. I love him laughing at it. Good for you. That's exactly – because, again, what is she doing? She's saying without saying. She's saying by asking that – the right place to think about DeSantis is as a candidate who is like on the verge of should drop out. 
which of course is what she wants, is what generally speaking the very left-leaning media wants. They want DeSantis out, frankly. They want Haley. They want Trump, okay? Why do you think they keep talking about him being up all over the place? It's true he is up, okay? But why do you think they keep focusing on that without simultaneously showing you all the things he's saying at his rallies? Why is that? Because they want Trump. Because Trump is the best chance for Biden to get reelected, right? Because if it's Trump versus Biden, the election will be about Trump, as DeSantis says later in the interview. And if it's Biden versus Haley or Biden versus Christie or Biden versus Ramaswamy or Biden versus DeSantis or Biden versus anyone, then the focus of the election is going to be, do you want to reelect Biden? And they know that's a losing proposition for them. So she's trying to set the mindset, the paradigm around DeSantis as the guy who's on the verge of having to quit, the guy who's on the verge of throwing in the towel. Because again, she asks him not once, not twice, not three times even. Well, let's talk about the stakes on caucus night. If you don't come in at least second, would you then drop out of the race? How critical is Iowa? So I know you're not saying that you're going to drop out beforehand. But come on, I mean, you know, if you don't at least come in second, then you'll drop out, right? Please, please, would you please, pretty please, drop out then? Can you at least say now what you would do hypothetically after something that's going to happen a month from now? Please, pretty please. And I kid you not, fourth time, you ready? Bottom line, is Iowa do or die for you, Governor? (laughs) Like, what in the world? Again, if it's one time or maybe even twice, you don't read much into it. But four times to start off an interview? I mean, that's crazy. Unbelievable. And, you know, it is kind of funny because he did have one comment in here that um, uh, it made me kind of laugh. He he was answering her question for the uh, let's see, this is for the second time. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, what people in Iowa and even the other early states, they do not want the media choosing the Republican nominee. Oh, man. See, he understands what she's doing. She's trying to help pick the nominee. She's trying to set in people's minds the belief that DeSantis cannot win, therefore they shouldn't support him, therefore they shouldn't advocate for him, therefore they shouldn't vote for him. And that's a way of helping select him out of the race. And he says, you know, people don't want that. They don't want to be told that they got to vote for somebody. Even though, again, Trump has massive support in the Republican Party. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that's false. Uh, But clearly, the media in general... Even if they believe it's just true, what they are effectively doing is they are making Trump the de facto nominee because they keep saying he's the de facto nominee leading. by. And, of course, anything can change between we haven't even cast a vote yet for anything and what happens after the first couple of rounds. Now, I'm not saying that DeSantis is likely to beat Trump. I'm not saying that Haley is likely to beat Trump. I frankly think that uh, Trump is likely to be the nominee. But this is an active effort by the news organizations to try to make that outcome happen, if you ask me. 437-1620, 437-1620, then you have to ask yourself the question, why? Because, again, uh, you know, people who are big Trump supporters and Republicans in general have a great deal of skepticism towards media, that they're actively pursuing an agenda, that they carry a hefty leftist bias, right? Well, you know, if you believe that, then why would you believe that they're just neutrally reporting the truth about your candidate and don't have an investment in fostering that notion and are trying to accomplish something by it did they suddenly become just plainly objective when it comes to the one person that they've historically hated more than anybody else in the known universe you know put all the pieces together and think about it for yourself 717 jake's got traffic for us jake 
Well, we're not looking too bad out there this morning so far. I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest. Uh, the right shoulder is blocked from an earlier accident and really slowing things down there. It's backed up for about a mile or so. Highway 90 in front of Beulah Elementary is slow in both directions with the school zone there. Highway 98 in Winhaven Beach uh, in front of the new Publix. It's going a little bit slow, but not too bad for this time of morning. If you see anything out there this morning, let us know. 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS-certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Here's today's strength for life. What is your spiritual blood type? Physically speaking, there are four principal blood types, type A, type B, type AB, and type O. And in case of a physical emergency, it's important that you know what your blood type is. However, in case of a spiritual emergency known as sin, death, and hell, it is important that you know what your spiritual blood type is. The hymn writer famously said, what can wash away my sins? The answer, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus's blood is an atoning blood. It is an incorruptible blood. It is a precious blood, and it is the only blood that God the Father accepts as a sufficient payment for our sin emergency. So are you covered by the blood of Jesus? If not, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Call upon Christ today. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Join Darren McIntyre, Artistic Director of Ballet Pensacola, with two of this year's Nutcracker Ballet dancers, Cooper and Savannah, on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Thursday. Experience this classic holiday ballet at the Sanger Theater. Tickets sell out fast. Available at Ticketmaster or PensacolaSanger.com. Tune in and call or text your questions to 850-437-1620 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Lindsay and Chill Out Cryo Spa wishing you a wonderful Christmas and Happy New Year. Well, in a few weeks, Cat Country celebrates their 20th anniversary. And on behalf of the Apple Yard Agency, who's been around over 60 years, we want to wish you the happy anniversary and the best holidays possible. We love our partnership with Cat Country. This is Heather Hurst with DR Horton wishing a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year. Pensacola right now. It's like headline news for radio. Every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Series 4 deatomizer. That's what I'm talking about. Noisy cricket. Good morning, 721 News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Um, just as an FYI, um, the Milton Parade is not a city of Milton parade. I, I think, you know, maybe this fact about all of this has gotten lost in the conversation. It's a crew of airship pirates parade uh, that was happening in the city of Milton, you know, on Milton and also on, you know, state highways, right? So, 
the, the conversation about, like, will Milton have the parade again? It's the crew of airship pirates, right? It's their parade. It's their event. It's their call to cancel it. You know, um, when they made their application, they didn't apply with the rain date. And not, not anything against them. I'm just saying, you know, like, I think some people are kind of thinking that the city of Milton is responsible for this. And uh, just, you know, it doesn't read that way to me at all. It reads that way as, uh, you know, the crew of airship pirates. And and then you've got all kinds of the costs, uh, you know, associated with them, like getting the road closure and some of the upfront stuff and the advertising for it. And in terms of the refund of fees portion, I think some of that is kind of sunk costs based on what's already been spent. And, you know, how do you refund money for something that you've already spent? There might be portions of it that haven't been spent. I don't know how much of that can roll over to next year for application fees being waived. That might be a nice thing that they do for people who put money into this. Anyway, just I think a lot of the details here have been lost in the overall frustration people have with why aren't we having another parade? Also, by the way, the normal practice for a rainout is next day. And the next day, rain too. I mean, you know, at least that was a concern at the time and it was canceled on Friday. So anyway, just, you know, some thoughts about this whole question about what would happen with the uh, crew of airship pirates uh, Milton uh, Christmas parade. 722 here on News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Financial records released by GOP House members show President Biden received monthly payments from his son Hunter's business in 2018. Oversight Committee Chairman James really? Comer said that uh, Hunter's firm, Owasco PC, received payments from Chinese companies and other foreign entities and claimed the payments of uh, nearly $1,400 to Biden show the president may have participated and benefited. $1,400? That's, that's just is not that's very much. Says. That's not a lot. <laughs> it's just, no. That's like, uh, uh, you know, that's a sitting on the phone fee is all that is, apparently. All right, go yeah. ahead. Uh, a man facing murder charges after three homeless people were shot to death uh, in the Los Angeles area. This man apparently was already behind bars in connection with another murder that happened during an alleged uh, robbery in uh, San Dimas last week. And, hey, you remember that YouTube influencer that infl- intentionally crashed an airplane in California? Uh, this was, oh, I believe maybe three or four months ago or something like that. It, this is not the one where they were trying to jump from one plane to another or something. This is a different. No, this okay. was a this was a different one. The, okay, all right. The airplane crashed. I believe it was somewhere in the mountains. Well, the man's now been sentenced to six months in federal prison. 30-year-old Trevor Jacob faced up to 20 years behind bars. In December of 2021, he posted a video called I Crashed My Plane to YouTube. In that video, he parachutes out of his small civilian plane before it crashes in the Los Padres National Forest. Jacob later admitted to staging the crash for YouTube views and intentionally destroying the wreckage of the plane. I'm Daniel Martindale. So crashing your airplane in apparently the national you can't just forest, crash a plane. apparently that's not that. acceptable. Now, what if you not crashed it like on your own property? Well, that'd have to be okay, wouldn't it? I don't know. There's rules about planes that are beyond, I mean, this is kind of one of those, like, I don't know what the law is. I can see why crashing it into a national forest intentionally could be a prosecutable. But what if you crash it on your own property? Again, I don't know. It seems like, I'm with you, it seems like you'd be okay to do that. Now, I don't know why you would, but... You know, it would seem like, I mean, that's just something that Hollywood does all the time <laughs> when they make that's a movie, true. right? Yeah, so, I don't know. Absolutely. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 725 News Radio 923. Uh, we got Jake with Traffic on the Fives. Jake? Okay, just now popping up on the map, it looks like Highway 98 uh, going eastbound, just west of Orion Parker Boulevard. We have an accident, a vehicle crash blocking part of the roadway there. So, uh, Looks like 98 westbound uh, is is actually the um, the lane that it's in. So just west of Orion Parker Boulevard, we have an accident there, slowing things down. Uh, I'll do some more research on that in the break. 
It looks like Highway 90 through Milton and Pace is flowing smoothly. Highway 29 um, is uh, no slowdowns to report. Earlier, uh, we were seeing some slowdown in front of Beulah Elementary for the school zone on Highway 90. And uh, I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest, the right shoulder is blocked from an earlier accident, slowing things down there, backed up for about a couple miles now. If you see anything else out there slowing us down this morning, let us know. 437-1620 is our traffic tip line. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You know, if you've got a, um, a business that you want to advertise online or you've got a like an Airbnb, a rental, something like that that you want to promote online or, you, you know, you're in real estate and you want to you know, like show your houses online, something like that. Pelican Drones is like the place. They go to them for this kind of stuff because here's what they do. They capture all kinds of video. And I know Ariel, you get that because Pelican Drones, uh, but also ground-based. Okay, whatever is the best way to feature the thing that you're wanting to show. And then they will produce a 30-second, a one-minute, a minute and a half, you know, whatever you want to do for social media. And then you own it. You can do with that whatever you want after. You know, a lot of times video production companies, you don't own the material afterwards. Um, They've also got this thing called Matterport 3D Walk-Around Immersive Imaging where – You can basically go into your business or go into the Airbnb or if it's just like your house that you're building and you've got the studs and, you know, the electrical and the pipes in, but you don't have the drywall in and you want to create a permanent record of where everything is, how many times you've ever wished you had that in the house you're in, they can do all of that. Okay, they can show the outside of your home if you want to capture that for insurance purposes, for hurricane damage. I mean, any application that you can think of for ground-based or aerial-based video capture and production, that's what Pelican Drone does. Find out more how they might be right for you, pelicandrones.com. 727 on News Radio 92.3. This story out of Santa Rosa County with this um, uh, I, I, alleged child molester, okay, is the kind of story where I think you, you kind of go through a psychological progression with this story because when you first hear about it, homeless man molests girl after being invited to stay with Santa Rosa County family. That's the headline WEAR ran. Your first pass at that is, oh, my God, who would be so stupid? I mean, right? That's your first thought is who in their right minds would ever invite a homeless guy to stay with them when they've got kids in the house? Trevor Johnson was arrested late Wednesday, charged with capital sexual battery to a victim under 12, molestation of a victim under 12. The incident happened on November 11th. And you're like, who on earth would do that? But then you keep reading, right? According to the arrest report, the family told deputies Johnson was living with a friend across the street. Okay. So known to the family. But uh, had to move out about two weeks prior. I'd kind of want to know why. Okay, but okay. Report states the family let him move in because he was a good handyman, seemed like a nice person. This is a quote. Is smart, articulate, has a job, and was good with kids. End quote. And there you start to see like, well, you know him. You've had him do work around the house. You've talked to him. He needs a place to stay. Maybe you do offer and I we, we I remember one time I just completely random encounter on the street. This is a long time. Ago. This is before we had kids, um, and I felt like it was kind of a god thing at the moment. But um, we had a, I had a homeless couple kind of come up to me with the you know the whole hey gas and go give me the gas to get to my car kind of thing. And I'm like y'all don't really have a car in no. Yeah, I mean you know and I'm like but do you need a place to stay? And I brought them. I check with my wife first. That's good marriage practice. Don't do it on your own. <laughs> don't bring home a homeless family. Um, but we brought them home and it was like one of the biggest blessings ever. But there was a part of me that was terrified the whole time, a little bit. You know, like, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're going to do in my house at night. You know, there was that part of me, but we didn't have kids. If we'd have had kids, it would have been different. Okay? So you would normally think of the offer to somebody to stay in your home, again, without kids, you would think of that as an act of generosity. Okay? 
But back to this case, um, then the grandparent, I guess, you know, left the kid on the couch with the with the guy just kind of sitting there and he goes out to smoke. And that's when he touches her, allegedly. And uh, she immediately runs out and tells him they call 911. He gets arrested. He's in jail for a million dollar bond. Um, it's just it, it's. To me, the reminder about this is this could have also gone a very different way. Just imagine. OK, and I'm not not trying to defend. I'm just trying to think about how things could go. this story could have been. Man down on his luck gets offered a place to stay by a generous family, winds up restoring his life, moving out, owning a business. I mean, you know, you can see all kinds of possibilities here. And I think it's really convenient to kind of convict the grandparent for making this risky decision. And maybe so. Okay, maybe so. But maybe just don't be quite as eager to make that because... Apparently, they didn't know, and they had reason to think he was okay, and they were trying to do a nice thing. And sometimes people do nice things, and it doesn't work out, or they're maybe not thinking all the way through. But I just think it's a more complicated story than maybe our headline reaction justifies. Fox News, I'm CJ Papa, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Chris Christie are the foursome on the stage Wednesday for the next Republican debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now, former President Trump will skip the event again. He's holding a town hall in Davenport, Iowa tonight on Fox's Hannity, 9 p.m. Eastern. The rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Why these universities don't enforce pre-existing policies against anti-Jewish students that they would enforce against other students. Yale University student Sahar Tartak earlier on Fox and Friends today. House lawmakers will grow the presidents of Harvard, University of Pennsylvania, and MIT. And this report, Israel is considering flooding some Hamas tunnels with seawater to flush out the fighters. America is listening to Fox News. Good morning at 731 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. Right now, we've got 47 degrees, partly cloudy skies in Pensacola. International Papers Pensacola Mill is now awarded more than $66,000 in grant money to local community organizations. The International Paper Foundation grants are awarded each year. The grants were determined by local team members, then reviewed by International Paper Foundation's grant committee. They uh, then need to be approved by the Foundation's Board of Trustees. More than 30 local charitable organizations will be receiving grant funding, including Ascension Sacred Heart Foundation's Pediatric Program, Pensacola's Little Theater, the Gulf Coast Kids House, Feeding the Gulf Coast, Valerie's House, and dozens of other local organizations as well. The Republican National Committee is now announced who will be taking part in the fourth GOP debate on Wednesday. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy are set to take the stage in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for the event. Former President Trump, who still holds a wide lead in the GOP polls, will instead take part in a Fox News town hall on Tuesday. The two-hour debate will take place Wednesday night on News Nation. I'm Mark Mayfield. Today's city leaders in Mobile are considering a proposal that would ban their police department from conducting no-knock and pre-dawn raids. About a month ago, 16-year-old Randall Adjusum was fatally shot by officers during a pre-dawn SWAT raid. Since that time, residents and the Mobile NAACP have been calling for the ban. Following the incident, Mobile Mayor Sandy Stimson issued immediate ban on pre-dawn raids, and now council members will consider a permanent ban on both. 
According to Fox 10, the ban would allow for exceptions only with written authorization from both Mayor Stimson and the city's public safety director. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Another prominent Republican wants the party's state chairman to resign over rape accusations. Republican Party of Florida Chairman uh, Christian Ziegler was recently accused of raping a woman back in October. He has not been formally charged. Republican House Speaker Paul Renner said yesterday Ziegler should step down as that investigation plays out. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and uh, Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo have also called on Ziegler to resign during the investigation. Ziegler so far has denied the accusations and says he will not resign. Many folks in Milton are still disappointed after the cancellation of the Christmas parade this last weekend. Some people staying optimistic, hoping it can be rescheduled. City officials say it's not likely. Getting a redone permit in a short two-week window is just almost unheard of. That is Milton event director Jay Conrad, who tells Channel 3 it would probably take a Christmas miracle for that parade to happen at this point. He says rushing a smaller parade would also likely leave folks disappointed in what they got. The crew of Airship Pirates was organizing the parade. They say the entry fees have been refunded. They're scrambling to see what options they could potentially have. It is 735 at News Radio, and Jake's got a look at our traffic on the fives. Yes, I do. I 10 eastbound at Pine Forest. Uh, just before you get to Pine Forest, headed east, uh, the right shoulder is blocked from an earlier accident. It's really slowing things down there, backed up for about a mile or so. Highway 90 uh, in front of Beulah Elementary School, slow in both directions with the school zone there. 98 eastbound at uh, in front of Ronnie's Car Wash at Whispering Pines Boulevard. Uh, that's just as you're getting out of uh, Navarre Pass and the Beach Causeway there. Uh, not seeing a lot of slowdown, but the accident is still blocking part of the roadway as being reported. So just use caution headed that way. And then once you get through there, 98 eastbound on down the road in Winhaven Beach uh, in front of the new Publix. It's a little slow at that light, but nothing uh, major there. There is a vehicle crash reported there, but it doesn't look like it's slowing things down. If you have any traffic info to report this morning, let us know. Traffic tip line is 437-1620. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thank you, Jake. 47 in Pensacola, 49 in Gulf Breeze and 46 in Milton. Our next news at 8. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your money now. AT&T has struck a deal with Ericsson to buy up to $14 billion of its hardware and services after the Swedish equipment supplier pledged to open up its software to competing systems. The five-year agreement would move virtually all of AT&T's new purchases of certain cell tower equipment to Ericsson, replacing existing machinery from Finnish rival Nokia in many markets. The Dallas-based telecom giant said it plans to start the swap next year. Self-driving trucking company Too Simple is winding down its U.S. business, reducing its workforce to about 30 people as it looks for a buyer for its assets that remain in the country. The demise of Too Simple's U.S. operations marks a precipitous fall for the one-time leader in autonomous long-haul trucking. The San Diego-based company in the past year has had to confront safety concerns as well as government scrutiny of its dealings with a Chinese trucking startup. Too Simple is now moving its business to China. On Wall Street, futures are lower. That's your money now. 
The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, Pensacola Bay Oysters, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that was fun and could make you money? Find out how this Thursday at 1030 as Emerald Coast Coins talks about how precious metals and metal detectors are a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this Thursday on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hi, this is Andrew McKay. Hey, everybody, this is Austin Price. Hi, I'm Steve Taylor. This is Joe Ford. Hi, this is David Wayne. And I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Also a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I just want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas from my family and from all of us at News Radio 92.3. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Morning, 739 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Joining us, we have Chip Simmons, the sheriff for Escambia County. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, man, I'm great. It's always good to have you. And it's into December now. Can you believe it? I can't believe we're almost done with 2023. Yeah, That's crazy. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So uh, You've been waiting for Christmas, right? Have you? So Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, a couple of instances I want to talk about. One was we had a hit and run uh, up on uh, US-29, and the pedestrian that got hit was in critical condition. What do we know about this case? Uh, or is that an I FHB? I don't know anything about this case. Is that yeah, an FHB? FHB? Yeah, oh, okay. Have patrol, would you know, it's, it's funny. As many times as I remind people of who's got jurisdiction over what, <laughs> I still sometimes make the mistake of asking about somebody else's case. So um, what can you tell me about this Okaloosa case, though? Uh <laughs> <laughs> happens um but we do have one that was uh, in escambia that y'all dealt with uh the cheerleading coach at pine forest high school said around at brooks hill um god this is a weird story it's a weird story but uh the, as i understand it we had uh two amounts of money totaling seven thousand dollars like twenty five hundred dollars and you know whatever the rest would be to make up seven thousand and some change and um they were raising money um through a cheerleader camp to eventually pay for for trainers to come in from various colleges they have come in and and hold other camps Um, and the money was supposed to have been collected and then turned into the bookkeeper at Pine Forest High School well whenever the head head cheerleader coach decides hey I'm going to pay these people to come in and put on a camp for our cheerleaders she finds out there's no money in the account so go back to the bookkeeper bookkeeper says I never got the money and lo and behold um, uh, the individual has has collected the money was supposed to turn it in, never turned it in, was given plenty of opportunities. We, have, we were in conversation with the school district. They just wanted their money back, which, which I get. Right. Um, so there was, there was plenty of opportunities. We held off until they, they could see if they could get the money back. 
uh, it became apparent to all of us that um, there was no money to be gotten going back. To be, it was gone. going to be taken back. Uh, we did a search warrant, found out that the money was indeed taken, uh, you know, collected, and then it was disseminated to family and friends, it looks like. Mm. And um, so she was charged with uh, the theft, of that grand theft of that, of that property. So it just seems like we've had a number of cases sort of in this vicinity over the last couple of years. What what can small organizations like a cheerleading team or a school or whatever, you know, what can they do to prevent this kind of stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming have a second person, have a treasurer, have, you know, two parties. I, I mean, I just don't know. It just seems like the kind of thing that could very easily happen at a lot of organizations. When I used to run a ballpark I, for, for five years, I was a park president for Inslee Sports Association. Uh, but I was also involved in cantonment sports, and and you have to have uh, some sort of an audit. You have to have, as you said, uh, a board of directors, a president, vice mm-hmm. president, secretary, treasurer, and then not one person handles all the money. You know, this person would get it, and then it would sign off on, it, and another person would sign off on it. We used to have that issue, um, you know, years back at concession stands because it's almost mm. always a cash business, yeah. and then you have to you have to count the number of French fries, and you have to estimate how many fries were sold. And how much money you should have, and then then you go to each coach and you talk about how much you know in football in particular, you you know how much do you have for the, for the jersey money and mm-hmm. and cheerleading is a big big yeah. big operation very um, expensive that, that yeah. their uniforms are hundreds and hundreds of dollars and so they do these fundraisers they do whether it's a car wash or what some sort of a camp they go to or just a, a solicitation for for money, um, so I think when you're dealing with money especially loose money like you know a cash. I think that uh, you need to make sure that you have these controls over it, where one person is is not really. I mean, you don't have to accuse somebody, right. obviously, but you need to let lay the the basically let them know that these are the rules and this is how we're going to handle this particular fundraising thing. Andrew McKay is going to collect the money. You're going to collect the money. Give it to me. I'll give you a receipt. We'll make sure we got the same amount of money. Then we'll one of us will turn into the bank, and then we verify the next day or the next you know, a couple of days that that money was indeed placed into the, into the account. And in this case, it had been, um, you know, some time and then they try to get them to turn it back in. Right. Yeah. I mean, all, it, it seems very straightforward, but that's why, you know, a lot of times this stuff happens and that's, you know, just giving some people advice to think about this if they're running organizations is kind of what I wanted mm-hmm. you to do, which you did, of course. Uh, we also had a more, uh, far more serious case. We had a murder and, uh, the suspect had fled out of the state, right? Is that what happened here? Yeah, this is a felony murder case. Uh, as, as you recall, felony murder is something, if you start, if you set something in motion by committing a felony, if you and I go together and say, hey, let's go and commit a felony, and someone gets killed as a result of that, I or you, whoever does the... I drive the, you to the convenience you know, store, you yeah. go in and commit the murder, I'm a felony accomplice to that right. murder. Yeah, the person should pull the trigger, but even if you didn't pull the trigger, if you set it up, if you were, you were a part of it, you can be charged with felony murder. And that's what happened in this case. Uh, three members of the same family decided they would go... Uh, to a location on, I guess, North Carragona and, and buy some marijuana. Um, someone grabs it and flees. They chase them and end up getting shot. And so that's, you know, they're going to, um, you know, to, to buy drugs and mm-hmm. someone gets shot and killed. Now, we're still looking for the person that pulled the trigger. We have warrants. We know who the person was that, that set up the deal and that, that ran with the drugs and then, and then basically ordered someone else to start firing at, okay. at these people. Um, that's the one that who, you talked about, Fled. Who was the who got shot? The people setting up the buy or the seller? The the sellers. The sellers came there to um, 
as I understand it, the sellers came there to do a drug deal. Okay. And then someone grabbed the drugs and ran around the house. They followed him. Okay. And then they were shot. One oh, of them okay. Shot and killed, okay. The, the one that was following. So it was set up to be a robbery and then to kill the people if they they chased them, basically. Okay. Uh, it was a, yeah, a, a theft of the drugs and then, then okay. just to shoot. So it sounds like a, a, that type of a setup. I don't okay. know if they intended to do it initially. Or if it just turned out that way. But it certainly happened okay. that way. But, but then he decides to leave. He, as I understand it, he's driving around Roanoke, Alabama, wherever that is. And, um, you know, he has no ID, no phone, no nothing, but a, a, a law enforcement officer stops him. Uh, does some pretty good work, actually. Um, didn't have his name or anything, but he starts Googling one of the first names he gave him and finds out he, there's a person with that name was wanted in Skimby County on a felony murder charge mm, mm-hmm. and ends up cuffing him. And um, we're, we're supposed to go up here today, probably have a conversation with him, and then eventually he'll come here to Skimby County. Okay. Music. Yeah. Well, I mean, good work by them. I mean, mm-hmm. outstanding work by them. We're talking to uh, um, Sheriff Chip Simmons for Scamby County. Let's take a quick break. Get Jake in here with Traffic on the Fives. Jake? Okay. We do have some slowdowns and accidents to report. It's getting to be about that time of the morning. Highway 29 south through Inslee. Uh, that's Pensacola Boulevard. A lot of slowdown there between the Walmart stretching down to the Hardys. I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest. The right shoulder still blocked from an earlier accident, really slowing things down there. Uh, backed up for a couple miles, starting just past the I-10 exchange and uh, stretching past Pine Forest exit. Also, Highway 90 in front of Beulah Elementary is slow in both directions for the school zone there. 98 eastbound in front of the Ronnie's Car Wash at Whispering Pines Boulevard. We're seeing a lot of slowdown. There's an accident on the turn lane uh, going left onto Whispering Pines right there at the car wash. 98 eastbound uh, down the road at Winhaven Beach in front of the new Publix. A little slow there from a vehicle crash earlier this morning. Uh, This traffic report is brought to you by New South Windows Solutions. And if you have any traffic info this morning, let us know. 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, I did want to ask you, Sheriff, this uh, Thursday we've got the Board of County Commissioners are having a meeting, and they're going to be taking up the uh, the median ordinance that your legal department and the county's legal department had worked on, uh, what some people would think of as the panhandling ordinance. Um, are you planning to go? Because, I mean, this is one that, that you have said you support, you, you have been wanting to have something that was constitutionally enforceable um are you gonna i mean are you gonna go to the meeting and advocate for this and explain why it's useful or were you planning on it yeah i wasn't planning on going okay. to the meeting i've had conversations with a number of the commissioners we our legal team has had a conversation with their legal team what i what i told them was if they were to uh to pass this ordinance and and once the effective date comes around we will we will do our best to enforce it i just want to remind everyone all it deals with is an ordinance that's less than six feet a median, a median, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm sorry, that's sixty, which is mostly a concrete type or uh, median, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of small area. It's not going to stop them from standing on a sidewalk. It's not going to stop them from holding a sign. It's not going to stop them from asking for money. So, it's, but it's so, a start. At, so like Davis and uh, Olive, it would stop it in the median, in the but it wouldn't the stop them on the like corner, right? Right. Because that's not impeding traffic in the same way. That's correct. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's not as dangerous on the outside, on the sidewalk. It's a sidewalk so people could walk on it so it's not danger to mm-hmm. be there. It shouldn't be a danger to be there. So uh, this deals basically with just the the median, the concrete, typically the concrete uh, area that is relatively small. And we, we've, we've remarked a couple of those uh, or marked a couple of those uh, medians that we can start the, start the enforcement. But it's going to recall we have to watch it through two cycles. We have to do a number of different things. But uh-huh. – but we believe it's a start, and and once we get this, uh, this underway, and we start to let make sure they understand you can't do this, mm-hmm. and then we'll work with the county commission on saying let's let's start tightening up these other ordinances, 
and so that, that we can stop what, what what we seem to be seeing on the street. Very good. I know um, you had a couple of things go on. One is that yesterday you had your employee luncheon, which is a thing I know you like to do to recognize, honor, and feed the uh, <laughs> current former cops, right? Yeah, the Escambia County Sheriff Foundation uh, supplied the food and or, or the money for the food um, for our employee, annual employee luncheon yesterday. We typically have it on December the 6th, which is the date that um, we, we have the terrorist attack at right. Pensacola NAS that our uh, brave, brave men and women at the Sheriff's Office. Which, I, which so I was going to ask you about that, too. But, yeah, yeah go ahead. Right, and, Didn't want to have the same date as that, I, pr- I right. presume. Right. Well, it, it worked out better on a Monday. Okay. Um, so we, had, we also invite our retirees. Um, I really wanted to be more open to those who have worked and who have built the sheriff's office. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I understand that, um, you know, sheriff's office wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and since 1821, we continue to get better. And why I wanted the people that that uh, served 20, 30, sometimes 40 years to come out there and, and just interact with with their their agency, the agency that they retired from. I I think the worst thing we could do is just shut the door and say thank you for 30 years of serving our community. Don't come back. We don't mm-hmm. want to see you anymore. We don't hear about you. We don't do any of that. I think that that's. Uh, I think that's a mistake. I think we can learn from those who came before us, uh, and I think that they really get a kick out of coming and seeing the changes mm-hmm. and seeing the people that they work with. Many times, the people that they have trained who are now in supervisory roles. I. I, I just think it's a. It kind of builds on that family atmosphere. Absolutely, and I mean they're a part of a, an institutional legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how many times do you see like Professor Emeritus? I mean you have Cop Emeritus, right? right? I mean you have, they have great knowledge. You brought them in for and like the, the stories cold, that they tell, the stories, the Some cold case stuff. So, yeah, I mean <laughs> doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Oh, it's they're, all, they're all true. They're a little <laughs> embellished. There's a know, truth in yeah. there, right? No, I mean I I love that you're you know including them not just as a hey we care about them, but they're actually a part of the ongoing yeah. legacy of the uh, uh, the agency. You also speaking of that. Uh, my Milestone last night, right? Uh, absolutely. We are so excited. Last night we had a, the graduation for our very first Sheriff's Office Training Academy. So we had 19. Uh, they were recruits, and now they are sheriff's deputies. So uh, Pastor Gordon Godfrey was kind enough to let us, because we knew we'd have a pretty good crowd. Uh, he allowed us to use the Marcus Point facility, and so we were able to give them. I gave them um, an opportunity that they had a loved one or a, a friend or a mentor pin the star on their chest, oh, that's cool. and then they all raised their hand. I, I administered the oath of office. Um, so we have, uh, Skimby County, you have 19 brand-new deputies uh, sworn and certified to hit the streets probably starting today. Outstanding. You guys are fi- you, the, your first class of self-trained here in Escambia County. Right, the very the very first time that we're training our own. And and, and it, the reason that we were able to do it a little quicker is because we did. We incorporated our policies, our procedures, our standards, our core values, mm-hmm. and, and to, to see uh, the sense of pride on, on not just their fam- their uh, face, but also the family's face. Is, well, is yeah, just I mean, you, you don't have to, you know, re-educate them out of the academy for Escambia County because the academy is Escambia County. That makes perfect sense how that would shorten that exactly. timeline. It was a long road to get here. If you recall, we yeah. had to, we, we had to go through a lot of lo- a lot of hoops and uh, I, I drove down to South Florida myself and had to explain, answer questions about why we can do it, if we could do it, why it's necessary, and we were able to do that. And and then the very first one's always got some, you know, some tricky points. But I will tell you that the the men and women that put this thing on did a fantastic job. And and so I I've told them that you gotta have about three weeks of rest. And we start another academy in January. <laughs> right. You know, and and then we're gonna probably overlap the next two academies. So okay. we're gonna continue to get the men and women, um, you know, that want to be in law enforcement, get them trained up. 
and get them out on the street so we, they can serve our community. I did want to give you a chance before we go uh, just in the last minute here, but uh, anything you want to say, as you said, it is the anniversary of the NAS Pensacola terrorist attack, which, of course, your agency was very, very heavily involved in and uh, crucial, really, to stopping. Uh, but on the anniversary, anything you want to tell people that's Wednesday, that's tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, again, it's it's a day that we always remember, certainly those of us who actually were there and and, and, and you know, experienced the, the immediate aftermath and, and heard it on the radio, heard it go out. Um, I, again, I, I want to remind everyone that when the call was made, the members of the Scam County Sheriff's Office uh, rushed to the scene. They rushed to the aid um, of those who were there at, at, in that building. Um, uh, we'll put out a little video, a quick little video like we do every year, just to remind people that of the heroism, of the courage, uh, commitment and professionalism of the, the men and women of the Scammon County Sheriff's Office. Um, you know, we, as you recall, we had two of our deputies shot. Right. There was a third um, uh, NAS police officer shot, and then obviously the tragedy that, that, that took the lives of three three people there at the, at the Navy base. So it's not something that we forget. It's something that the people continue to ask us about. Um, um, again, very proud of, of how we handled it. I think it's just part of being, you know, uh, in law enforcement. It's part of loving our community. It's part of serving our community. Absolutely. Sheriff Chip Simmons, the Scammy County Sheriff, sir, as always, thank you for keeping us safe. Uh, thanks for doing what you do to uh, inform the community and for spending some time with us. We'll talk to you again next week. You bet. Y'all take care. 753 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Marcus Point Baptist Church invites you to a Christmas celebration for the whole family. The spirit of Christmas has been a Pensacola tradition over the past 30 years. This year, our special guest will be Joe Kennedy, the praying coach. While we're celebrating, your kids will have a blast with our kids' ministry, plus a free meal for the whole family. It's all happening December 10th at 10 a.m. at any of our three campuses in Pensacola, Beulah, and North Pace. For more information, visit PensacolaChurch.org. Are you looking for your forever floors? We got them. Hi, we're Buck and Ashley Deese, the proud owners of Deese Elite Concrete Coatings, where we make concrete pretty. Four times stronger than epoxy with a lifetime warranty. Our coatings are perfect for your garage, patio, pool deck, and more. For one-day installation, trust the Deese Elite experience, now offering financing. Get your forever floors by calling us today at 850-329-5599. We make concrete pretty. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Berman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Berman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Berman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. A gift certificate from Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa makes the perfect last-minute gift for all your hard-to-buy-for loved ones on your list. After all of the preparation and work getting ready for the holidays, they need to relax. And Stillwater's makes it easy for you. You can get a gift certificate in minutes by going to swmedspa.com on your smartphone and then have it emailed or printed out at home. Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa voted Best Spa on the Coast and Best of the Bay 18 years in a row. swmedspa.com the Pensacola Expert Panel. Pep Talk, mornings 9 till 11 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me until I come over. He'll make me feel guilty. This is, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go. 
especially love that in your head, you heard the next word that I had to remove. <laughs> I had to cut the clip right there. Uh, we can't air it. Uh, 7.56 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? Okay, it's starting to get a little messy out there. Uh, Highway 29 south through Inslee, uh, that's Pensacola Boulevard. A lot of slowdown there headed south uh, between the Walmart, stretching all the way down to the Hardys. I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest, we're still seeing a lot of uh, slowdown there from an earlier accident blocking the right shoulder. Things are backed up for about a mile or so, starting just past the I-10 exchange and stretching past Pine Forest. Highway 90 westbound headed over the Escambia Bay Bridge into Pensacola is really backed up uh, for at least a couple miles leading up to Scenic Highway. 98 eastbound in front of Ronnie's Car Wash at the Whispering Pines Boulevard turn lane. Uh, we're seeing some slowdown there. An accident was blocking that turn lane. 98 eastbound at Winhaven, a little slow getting by the new Publix there in Winhaven Beach. Uh, if you see anything else slowing you down out there this morning, let us know on our traffic tip line. 437-1620 is the number. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Israel's reportedly planning to flood the Hamas tunnels underneath Gaza with seawater. This move could make those tunnels unusable for Hamas, but could potentially harm the Gaza Strip's water supply. Reports are that Israel's already built a system of pumps to send water from the Mediterranean into the tunnels. If the plan moves forward, it could have all of those tunnels flooded within weeks. An Arizona border crossing is now closed until further notice. Customs and Border Protection recently announced the uh, Lukeville port of entry southwest of Tucson is shut down to both vehicle and pedestrians. And, uh, well... Not only is recently expelled ex-GOP Congressman George Santos now making personalized recordings on Cameo, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman has apparently recruited him to make a video targeting indicted New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez. I don't think I need to tell you, but these people that want to make you get in trouble and want to kick you out and make you run away, you make them put up or shut up. You stand your ground, sir, and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. And at the end of the cameo video, he wishes him a <laughs> Merry Christmas. Such, uh, such a great troll of Bob Menendez. It really is. By Fetterman. Oh, my God. To get to hire Santos on canvas for 200 bucks to give him an attaboy like the last person you want to get an attaboy from right is george santos so well done john fetterman i gotta give i gotta give the hoodie credit for that one that's pretty good it's <laughs> <laughs> uh 759 here on news radio 92.3 we'll be back in just a few minutes stick around you're listening to news radio 92.3 wnrp golf breeze milton pensacola